0: Everything Elite, the world's first and best AEW podcast. It's AB. uh Funny story, you know, when AT and I were first talking about starting a podcast together, one of AT's first comments to me was like, Well, I would love to do a, an ROH retrospective podcast, but there already is one. So we had to come up with something else. Uh, and now here we are. Uh, Nate is here. Do you have any uh, response to that thrilling story <laughs> I led off the podcast with?
1: Um, that computes. At to this day, loves his ROH nostalgia. So big night for him. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that totally also computes because you, of course, just followed Gabe to his next promotion and covered Evolve, and then hey, you know, one thing led led to another, and now AEW is really kind of the spiritual successor to both of those promotions, uh, having, if you have not heard, purchased Ring of Honor, as revealed on tonight's episode of Dynamite.
0: That's right. We'll be talking about that uh, in just a few minutes, I'm sure. We're also joined by Mike, who I think is uh, annoyed at the Dragon Gate USA erasure. Yes, I am very annoyed about that. <laughs> very,
2: very annoyed about this. I, I as I'm already trying to pitch a Leonard that we do DGUSA things if uh if Tony buys uh the DGUSA library, which is probably unlikely. But hey y'all, this is a wild thing. Like it feels like that this is something that came together in a lot, or at least openly came together over the last 24 hours and Tony Khan making his second AEW Dynamite appearance to Shout into the microphone that he accomplished a lifelong
0: dream, it seems like. Tony, man, his uh, his promos are wild. Just a wild guy. He's, wild
1: man. He's got big protagonist energy, and I refer to that specifically <laughs> uh, with regards to like anime protagonists who are... Uh, Typically like unguarded, earnest people who just follow what they want passionately and without really worrying about, you know, what a cynical person might say about it like us. (laughs) Um, I I actually was having the same thought earlier today when we, there was some article in the Orlando Sentinel about Tony Khan's quote unquote detailed mind, which is poor copy. Um, My editor would not have (laughs) let me put in the headline inside Tony Khan's detailed mind. You can't call it mind detailed. That's an aside. Uh but he goes into his um what was the the oh is his his thinking about how he had been writing dynamite since he was 12 years old and I don't know what year it was 1995 or something. And you know he's talked about this before how he was quote unquote writing dynamite and writing rampage um which was just like him doing fantasy booking at the time. Um, and it just struck me as something like that's, you know, a person sharing that anecdote is not worried that it might come across as like a little silly or something by the, by the haters and losers on Twitter. Um, they're just being earnest and, you know, being true to their passion or whatever. It's big protagonist energy. And like a big
2: protagonist, he does not know how to modulate his voice. He does not understand that the microphone picks up what you're saying. So you don't really need to project yourself and scream no matter what. He loves screaming into a microphone like none other, no matter what.
1: That's right. He just, he's full throated. He's going to yell about, you know, uh, uh, chasing his dreams and fighting for his friends and all those anime protagonist things.
0: All right, well, let me do the plugs and then we'll, we'll, Just jump into this all the way. So our Twitter account is at EverythingAEW. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epidesis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, with two I's. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast, whatever podcast app you use. You can search Everything Elite. Um, If you use the Apple Podcast app, please give us a five-star rating and review. If you use Spotify, please give us a five-star rating. Uh, Head to our link tree, linktra.ee slash EverythingAEW. You can find a bunch of our links. Uh, The most important of which being the best way to support the show, which is patreon.com slash everything elite. It'll be a big month on the Patreon, of course, because Revolution is coming up soon and we'll have uh, content on Revolution for sure. And uh, perhaps other things on the Patreon this month. Subscribe and find out. All right. That's it. So that's the show. (laughs) See you guys next week. Uh, So finally, I know. So the big news, we'll kick it off with Tony Khan. Uh, well, Nate, I have to correct you. You said AEW has purchased Ring of Honor, but uh, they made very clear in the press release that a wholly, uh, an entity wholly owned by Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor from Sinclair Broadcasting Group. There seems to be some confusion about like wrestlers and such, uh, but it appears that the only thing... Well, there are no Ring of Honor contracted yeah. wrestlers. Uh, They have purchased the tape library, uh, the intellectual property, you know, cameras, rings, if they have shit like that. Uh, What we don't know is they had other cards booked. We don't know if those are going to happen. We don't know if Ring of Honor will continue in any real way. We don't know if the Sinclair television comes with it. I assume it does not. Uh, But there's a lot we don't know. Frankly, we don't know very much at all about what is going to happen.
1: Yeah, so Tony comes out and makes this announcement. Um was received like a a big deal by the audience. Uh, I was struck by kind of how this was received. You know, there's a there's uh other acquisitions and purchases. You know, even just broadly, even talking about like Epic buying Bandcamp today. Um you know, people are largely negative on these sort of things but uh on consolidation in general but you know we are talking about a world in which ring of honor had basically already tapped out you know like you said they ha- don't have any contracts they don't have any contacted wrestlers anymore they let all those expire uh they do have a super card show that's announced uh so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that but and this is you know probably ties in directly to why Tony was able to buy it at this point is that Sinclair, uh, you know, had had probably figured out that they missed their window on ring of honor. Cause of course there was a time when they had a window, you know uh, all in was a ring of honor production for the most part. Uh, and they had, you know, a Madison square garden uh, date booked and they had a window where, you know, if they had uh, invested the money and invested the production time and invested the care, Uh, then maybe Ring of Honor would have grown into being something closer to the scale of what AEW has become. Uh, But they pretty much figured out that AEW has eaten their lunch uh, and were, you know, for all intents and purposes, shutting Ring of Honor down. Uh, I believe I saw that Sinclair was going to have that Women of Wrestling show on, so they probably kind of filled their quotient for how much wrestling they need, and that's probably at a cheaper price than running a whole promotion. So, You know, this is not uh, uh, Tony Khan buying up Ring of Honor in its prime and, you know, gutting it. This is hopefully more like a stewardship where it's like now we have somebody who's going to care about the Ring of Honor video library uh, and make it available for people to see. And, you know, for Tony's bottom line, uh, boost his own video library with that so that he can, you know, try and find an interested party to license it to on a streaming network or whatever. Um, So that all you know, comes together and makes sense. Uh, We know that Tony is a big ring of honor, Mark. So, I mean, you can see from the first match on this show that he knows the history and, you know, cares about the wrestling of it. So he's going to try and do things that uh, honor that, honor, that honor that uh, history and, you know, appeal to the fans of ring of honor or whatever. So, yeah, I was just struck by like, you saw Bobby Cruz tweeting like, I really hope it's true that Tony Khan is buying Ring of Honor. Uh, you saw Carrie Silken, you know, doing little teaser tweets about it. Um, and I was just like, oh, you know, it's it's kind of nice. This seems like probably the people that care about Ring of Honor think that this is the best case scenario, given that Ring of Honor has already pretty much died. Um, so that's, that's kind of my broad overview. What you said about uh, it being owned by a Tony Khan wholly owned entity, you know, that's, that's probably pretty typical. Just having a shell company in general to uh, acquire from Sinclair, you know, try to avoid acquiring the liability that ring of honor might go uh, uh, or might have dating back however long. Uh, What's interesting about that, I think is that it's Tony Khan wholly owned Thoros pointed out in a tweet, you know, he doesn't own all the wrestlings. uh, Shad owns all the wrestling, but it seems at least from that press release that Tony Khan is the sole owner of Ring of Honor, which is uh, kind of interesting. I, you know, I don't. It probably doesn't have much practical effect because he runs AEW anyway, and he's just gonna, you know, license himself whatever he wants from Ring of Honor from the other company. Uh, but it is kind of novel that um, you know Tony owns it in this case.
2: Yeah, and it's something that like when this all kind of came together, it, at least when we first started to hear publicly that ring of honor was for sale came from the, the Sean Rass app, uh, fight full thing saying like, Oh yeah, people have been interested in ring of honor. And we saw, and we saw dollar figures like 20 million, 30 million for 50%. And my, this was dropped almost at this time last night. And at least like my immediate takeaway was either they're putting this out there to say, we're not selling or something is up right like, like it was very clear that like Sean sap when he gets the scoops he gets the scoops but like the way that this was released was like something was in the works there and the fact that this is a tony khan entity like i don't know tony khan's personal wealth none of i mean like this but like the 30 but but evaluation of 60 million dollars for ring of honor just seemed farcical to me but it's gonna be interesting to see how this all like shakes out. Like I'm look right now looking at what is the card as presented or as of I guess before the announcement here and it, it's something where for Supercard of Honor? Yeah, for Supercard of Honor. Where you have people who have been under the ROH uh, contract before Sinclair closed up, like Jonathan Gresham and Bandito deciding an undisputed champion, Briscoe's defending Joe Henry and feel like this. But you also have people like Alex Zane, who made appearances, but I don't believe was ever in a contract, Swerve, uh, Swerve the Realist, and Ninja Mac that are like all announced there. So it's not like that they put together like a huge card there. So I guess like my natural inclination here is wondering, is this it for actual Ring of Honor? It does kind of seem like that people are expecting that there will be some sort of Ring Honor to be run. And if this is a Tony Conron entity and it's not directly affiliated with AEW, then it seems like a lot for, for someone to to kind of do for that. Like it does seem like kind of a lot there. Whereas do two separate things. Whereas I feel like that kind of naturally. And I would say that there is probably a big market of that using this as Either a content play, or using this as a developmental ground in a way, because you do have a level of name of ring honor at this point. You do have a roster in AEW that, bursting at the seams, I think is a fair way to say. Like it's a roster that is enormous there, and you have a roster there with people that we've talked about that you know, AEW with the way that things are set up right now, might not be the best thing for younger wrestlers developing into being, like, full wrestlers, whereas if they go work constant matches in Ring of Honor and then do AEW stuff, I think that's a pretty good take. Uh, the, the big thing that I really took away from this, like, Ring of Honor has 2,000 hours, I, I think it's a fair assessment, 2,000 hours of, uh, of a library, and there's obviously the big thing all in that, you know, that that's always been kind of like a focal point there. But then you have all this content now with what uh, AEW has, which is, you know, probably 600 to 700 hours worth. And I know that HBO Max and Discovery Networks has like talked about what all they're trying to do with their streaming networks. But now Tony Khan going into March of 2022, knowing that the rights deals are coming up soon. That's another interesting like thing to offer, saying that by that time, they'll probably have 3,000 hours of footage to give to whatever rights, like if it's WarnerMedia or are so. all saying like, hey, not only do we have this, but we have this content already done for you. And Ring of Honor is going to take a lot of work to have it in a way that I think you could put it on a streaming network, especially those 2002 through 2004 shows with Gay Sapolsky doing commentary and being awful on commentary along with licensing music. But it, that, to me, other than like the guy gets owned the company that he was a huge fan of, that's the thing to me that I find real interesting here because it, we live in an era right now with, Nate, you brought up Epic and Bandcamp. We had Sony bought Bungie uh, pro, uh, video games, and then we also had Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard King that we're going to see more and more and not just in video games and not just like this companies consolidate i feel like over the next like 12 months just because of the inflation so what's there to say that tony khan isn't gonna get a wild hair and finally be the person to get all of continental together who's to say that he's not gonna be the person that to go and say you're not going to like have a use for this footage i want to buy this footage for you and then make it a real interesting time when they do the, uh, when they do the full uh, rights negotiation because it does not seem that we're going to build their own streaming service, but to offer it to someone else's. And I think that's going to be really kind of cool to see how that kind of develops from there, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I think that's the big thing to me about this is I'm just glad there is an important archive that Vince McMahon doesn't own. Other than, what is it? Somebody owns Houston, Bruce Tharp, maybe. A Tharps
2: doesn't own Houston anymore. I think actually, Billy Corgan might actually
0: own Houston because I've been a part okay. of that. Let me look for N- yeah, NWA. I, somebody other than Vince McMahon, I know, owns one of the one of the territories. So that's positive. So I'm glad about this. Right. I mean, it it's you know another insanely wealthy person who owns it. So I guess that's bad. But at least it's not uh, concentrated. That's positive. So I'm happy about that. Uh, Definitely curious to see what they do with Ring of Honor as like an ongoing concern. Uh, Someone mentioned it a DM. And this would take a little more care and work. But, you know, you can call Dark Ring of Honor. And that's like a much more interesting thing. Was that you, Nate? That's like a...
1: Aaron, that was me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a much more interesting and like uh, good way to get people to watch it. Especially if you start, as I've been bitching about for however many years now, start like actually booking stories on Dark and having it be something that makes sense week to week. Uh, But the funniest when we're talking about the wholly owned Tony Khan entity, the funniest thing I can think of is this being Tony Khan's NXT and Shad Khan somehow coming in and uh, firing, you know, Tony as uh, (laughs) Triple H and uh, taking over, you know, and creating AEW 2.0 uh, with, uh, fuck it, why not, with really? Bob Breaker on top, you know, in <laughs> that that era of, of AEW, so that would be funny, uh, but yeah I think you guys have, have covered all the main points and, and most of all, we're just going to have to wait and see, like, what is next with Ring of Honor, clearly they didn't tell anybody, like Sinclair didn't smarten anybody up, when fucking Ian Riccoboni is tweeting that it was news to him that's like god damn <laughs> that's bad
1: <laughs> i i will say ian if you're you know soon after he did a tweet at tony Khan, it was like i want to be ring of honor for life ian don't do that five minutes after you said you weren't watching aew <laughs> no I, I wasn't watching AEW. i was watching the Sixers. ian you can't do that and then ask him for a job you gotta pretend you're a fan man uh a couple points uh they did i think also acquire like their actual uh physical holdings like like their ring equipment, that kind of right. stuff. Um, which Mike, I know you were talking the other day about how I think AEW only has like one touring setup or something, which is was kind of a logistical issue why they did a lot of the dates on the East Coast, because you can't drive the rings out to the West Coast, you know, and do uh one one show and then bring them right back for another show back in Florida or whatever. Just not practical. So would be interested to see if that enables them to have shows more dramatically apart on different sides of the country or whatever. We, we saw that they're yeah. doing a bunch of West coast States in a row here coming up. Um, although, you know, like the, you're, you, you're going to also own all those, uh, ring of honor branded ring aprons and banners and, you know, uh, the set and light boards and whatever, all that sort of shit. So yeah, I mean, why not, why not put that on dark or whatever? Why not? Uh, I mean, you already have silly branding with, dark and dark elevation for some reason um you know maybe they're not going to go to having totally different touring show called ring of honor or something but if you just want to use the brand because you have it you can put that on dark elevation and now your are now your shows are a little more distinct and clearly named and you know you give them have bobby cruz do ring announcing it's not like you have to pay him you know, uh, a huge salary to, to do week by week ring announcing or something. So seems like it would all be practical. Um, this did make me think of, you know, we know Tony Khan, a uh, uh, fantasy booker growing up, playing his his TEWs and his EWRs, uh, fantasy booking simulators. One of my favorite things to do in those games, you know, when I would play them for, uh, uh, you know, play them for six months of in-game time and then uh, get bored of it and do something else um was you know you'd have a big promotion you'd you'd be running wwe or whatever promotion you're booking in that game and then you could buy another company and just set it up as a developmental territory and you could assign a booker to it and you could just send your talent there and then you could kind of have fun seeing whatever the the uh computer-controlled booker would do with your talent and you'd be like oh oh, wow you know they made uh they made brown baker the champion of of my nxt that's interesting uh let's see how his developmental stats are coming along so uh, that just made me think, I wonder if Tony had that same fondness for kind of seeing what would happen, just having a developmental brand that you would just kind of put talent in as a black box and then see what comes out. Um, so yeah, I think he should uh, just sort of gift the uh, promotion to Dan Lambert and let him run it uh, and see what <laughs> happens for a while. That would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's I, pretty exciting. I think, I mean, it's, It's a weird, weirdly exciting thing that doesn't have any practical effect, at least for the foreseeable future. Like Ring of Honor, like we said, dead anyway, pretty much, Um, you know, there's nothing on the horizon right now for it being relaunched as another brand or something, or it, you know, becoming part of Dark or any of those ideas. So nothing's really going to change, but it's, I guess, kind of an exciting press release. Yeah, it,
2: it, it's something that really lets your mind go to the races in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah, think about like the physical assets now. I wonder because they had Bandito and Jonathan Gresham both like have like world championships to do this. I wonder if like for the next month or so they still have them do like they're traveling like do the title defenses there that they've been doing. I think that's kind of. I, I'm interested to see like that kind of aspect. Uh, on dark this week, uh, Daniel Garcia defeated the ROH Pure Champion Josh Woods. So I made a joke that now he's the lineal ROH uh Pure Champion. Maybe we can make that true. And then the other thing that Tony talked about today in his uh, press release was, or his actual, actually his press conference was the uh, the trios titles and Kenny Omega coming back. It's like I think that'd be a good thing for Kenny Omega to do. ROH already has Trios Champions. Maybe I think it'd be kind of cool. And this is me. Like, you keep like the ROH stuff mostly whatever they're going to do with it. You know, like if they're going to keep it, have it be its own touring thing. Or as Nate's saying, like they brand Darker Elevation into Ring of Honor and they kind of keep it like that for branding. I think it'd be kind of cool if they take the ROH six man tag team belts and have them in a w they still call it the roh six-man tag team belts be like what happens a lot in japan where like you get like the old titles and then like how cmll had like nwa titles like way after like nwa recognized like middleweight champions so i think that would be a really kind of cool thing to do for that but your yeah. mind really goes to races with this
1: i think that's fun when you have titles from other territories or whatever and have a lineage and you use them in a different promotion that's that's just kind of a fun wrestling history kind of thing um but you know the ring, the six man titles don't especially have any valuable history except really for no, when the elite really. had them yeah. yeah when when Kenny you know was in those six man matches or when Hangman and the Bucks won them or whatever so uh i think maybe you know they're probably going to do a, a trios belt like Tony talked about and you talked about they're probably going to do a tournament for that um I would say you know put that ring of honor winning team in that tournament you know let them win the first round and lose in the second round or whatever and just be like hey you know these guys at the ring of honor are six men t- champions so we're going to unify those belts with our new belts and those guys are going to be in the tournament as a result I think that's something you could do but the ring of honor actual championship does have some lineage and does have some value where I think Maybe that's something, I mean, they already have a ton of belts, but maybe that's something you can have persist, you know, if they're going to do a different brand, then, you know, it it can be like a new Japan strong situation where you just have a belt for that show and you just have the ring of honor champion, be the champion on that show or whatever it is. Um, I will, I will say, uh, because I've been doing this, uh, real world champion poll on our Patreon and the new poll went up today, if you want to go vote, people our patrons. Um, you know, nobody recognizes Bandito as a champion, except maybe Bandito. Like Cage Match doesn't recognize him as a champion. The Ring of Honor website doesn't recognize him as the champion. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't recognize him as the champion. I think he's basically like a a fake world champion scenario. Like like Will Ospreay saying, I never lost the belt, and here I'm holding the belt, so I'm the real IWGP champion. That's how I have uh, uh, perceived Bandito, um, which is why he's not in our champions pool, because Jonathan Gresham has been doing a ton of defenses. Uh, of that title, of the real title. So it'll be interesting as Supercard, we can finally get that settled um, and have a, a single Ring of Honor champion determined, and then they can lose it to Anthony gogo on Ring of Honor Dark.
0: Okay, two things. One, uh, bullshit that the Ring of Honor trios titles don't have a lineage, because if you have the Ring of Honor trios titles, before every match, you could say, the Ring of Honor six-man uh, tag tradition continues
1: ooh there we go now we're really getting some gaybism (laughs)
0: uh (laughs) other thing a more serious point i mean that was serious but a more serious point super card of honor is like built to piggyback off of wrestlemania which is something that aw has said they don't ever want to do so i'm i'm curious to see if that show goes forward uh certainly especially if it's like a relaunch kind of thing, that's a great place to do it because there's going to be people in town that can go to the show. Uh, But I'm curious to see if, if AW will want to be associated with a WWE mania piggyback show. That is
1: interesting. I I would be skeptical. they would do a relaunch that soon, just because I would think the, the I's have to be dotted and the T's have to be crossed before they're ready to, to go into if they're doing more shows or anything um but yeah that is interesting if they if they do it at all oh well, that's I right april
0: I... one is like a month away <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
2: jesus it, it's the building that aw runs i mean curtis caldwell so could very i i don't think that they they're kind of in a situation now it's four weeks away right like you have the situation that like if you cancel the show four weeks out that no matter what, there's like a hard way to spend that to people, but right. also you know, the fact that since AEW does that, you can say like, "Hey, how about we uh, just count, take that, and keep that in the bank, and we already have our deposit for the next time we roll through." <laughs> you know, like that. that, that there's some finagling to do there. Like it's going to be fascinating to see how he handles this. I'm just like the six man tradition. You know, more and more, you hear it every day. More and more, they're going to open the full and gate. You know, I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, Ultimo was just in the States. They could have had Ultimo at any time, you know.
1: Now they're going to have, oh, that'd be, you know, TNA does that show there where they just show old matches and tape from other promotions or whatever. Um, So I'm interested to see. I mean, Tony owns the Dragon Gate uh, match from Chicago Heights now. Tony owns that.
2: No, there's a lot of, because there was like a full on like Dragon Gate show that Ring of Honor did in Japan that he cool. now owns so now like I, there's... Oh, go I, ahead. Wish,
1: <laughs> I wish the press release i mean this would have been uh real this would have been peak tony Khan if the press release had you know said you know this this uh includes the assets of the ring of honor video library which includes x number of hours and x mini observer matches of the year
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean did you read the press release like it was some real tony Khan shit like Brody lee did like three shows I feel like for Ring of Honor, but like when they're like listing names and, and they got into everyone else, Brody Lee was at the top of the list. They're packed at like two two stints there. And I'm just like, Tony is just really feeling himself yeah. in this well, press release.
1: That's that's he's, you know, trying to pitch to to outside business people who don't know anything about shit, just going, oh, there's some synergy with their existing properties is what that is. Um but on intellectual property, also Ring of Honor is doing a Hall of Fame, and uh, basically doing a bunch of AEW people going into the first class of the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Um, So I wonder, I mean, really, I thought about this, the the University of Miami Football Hall of Fame is just called the Ring of Honor. And I know other, other sports teams and stuff do that also. So I wonder if you just make that the AEW Hall of Fame, call it the AEW Ring of Honor, and now you, and you're and you already putting AEW people in it anyway. <laughs> so that uh, kind of simplifies simplifies some of that. Uh, circles some squares. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, I was also just looking at me and Mike were talking uh, before the show about just like the Ring of Honor event names and some of those which have, you know, 20 year old history. Because we've seen how AEW took like bash at the beach and is like, hey, this this episode of Dynamite is bash at the beach now. So I'd be interested to see if they do. Hey, this episode. This is dynamite. Death before dishonor. Uh, just because you know uh, Tony's a nerd for that stuff, probably, um, and it you know just kind of carries a little bit of wrestling tradition forward, and I think that's fun too.
0: Dynamite. Just round robin challenge. <laughs> <laughs> just so no one
2: asks me, yes, Brody. I just looked up Brody Lee was a member of Age of the Fall. But do you remember? But did you remember that Brody Lee was a member of Age of the Fall? Probably not.
0: Dynamite, Revenge on the Prophecy,
1: AEW <laughs> Rampage, Winter Warriors Tour. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm I'm moving on.
1: Okay, probably can't do uh, Border Wars. Probably want to avoid that. Yeah,
0: uh, eliminating
2: the competition—that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> that, thats how, something they would do. Yeah. How about ROA? How about AEW ROH on HDNet?
0: <laughs> uh, oh wow Yeah, there's Jim, some, there's some Jim Cornette ones. is now canonically uh, in AEW
2: yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they edit this like that's fast like as an archivist that is really fascinating to me because there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done with this before this is any sort of a digestible for anything to digest it or ingest it rather they have to like almost all the licensed songs have to be gone. Commentary. They're going to have to clean that up a lot. Uh Jim Cornette might want to take him out of the equation too. So, it's going to be fascinating.
1: Well, I do. I mean, they did it. Lambert has explicitly referenced Cornette on the TV, so they're I don't think they're like afraid of that so much, although, you know, I don't know what the, you know, Jim Cornette. <laughs> Wait. Was that no, that was Ohio Valley Wrestling where you did the 9-11 promo, I think. That was in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hey, if you need to redo commentary, you've got people in-house and you've got talented Ring of Honor commentators they could bring in for that. Uh, like you mentioned, Lenny Leonard, Ian Riccoboni, uh both those guys are great. You've got Colt. Um, you've got other people. I had another one uh, name in mind and I forgot it.
2: K-H match has not yet updated Ring of Honor to be owned by Tony Khan. Just for the record,
1: but yeah, so you know, you can you can definitely, you know, uh, efficiently redub, you know, whatever important stuff you need to do with those guys. I think.
0: I'm just reading Ring of Honor. The names of Ring of Honor shows now, Dynamite, Wrath of the Racket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just have Dan Lambert come out with the cornet tennis racket.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh. Dynamite, bitter friends, stiffer enemies.
1: That's not a bad one.
0: But it's, but it's all dick jokes in this particular Dynamite situation. Dynamite, Russell Rave. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good one. There's some wild names they had for...
1: Dynamite, best in the world, colon, hostage crisis.
0: <laughs> Dynamite, midnight express reunion.
1: What was hostage crisis? It's got uh, Kevin Steen with the belt in his mouth.
0: <laughs> Dynamite, fate of an angel.
1: Hey, that was, that was tonight's uh, opening match. Coming yeah. from the
0: fate of an angel.
1: Don't know Dynamite? That that's for my, styling that's for my and out there.
0: Just table, basically.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, Hostage Crisis featured Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, here's one they should use. They could use for every dynamite. Dynamite, dissension. Yeah. See, the weird? joke is they do a lot of dissension angles. Yeah, yeah. I, we know your
1: joke. Oh, that dissension. I was thinking like yeah. the opposite of ascend, like descend. <laughs> oh, I'm <Okay>. sorry. No. <laughs> no. That makes more sense. <laughs> uh, dynamite, southern
2: hostility. Don't think you can do that one. <laughs> dynamite,
0: how we roll. What, what dynamite, man up. What was there a show called How We Roll? Anyway. Uh, Christian could... was there.
2: Christian was there. Like like most of these are <laughs> puns off of like the styling profiling because Flair was there and took 20000 dollars from Carrie Silken and Oh. Everything.
1: That's yeah. right. Christian did used to say that's how I roll. Holy shit. I'm I'm also thinking about like
0: all the footage they'll now own of like New
1: Japan guys. Right. I I've had that thought earlier, but then I was um it's like Wait, the, the, you know, they already have had New Japan guys on their shows, like, kind of a lot.
0: That's true, they just have a lot more. Remember now. when
1: there was a Hikuleo match on Dynamite?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, do I? now they have now they have like Okada and Tanahashi footage.
1: That's right,
2: and they yeah. have Kenji Muto as well. Like, they've had a lot of wild people go through Ring of Honor before. Like, the they, they,
1: have, they have Dusty Roads footage now.
2: They have dusty they have- footage. Oh, Cody, don't you want to come back now?
1: They have Beer City they Bruiser have so much footage. footage. Sick, <laughs> love the BCP.
0: Brian Malonis. <laughs> All right, we're not doing uh, Suede or Delete tonight <laughs> uh, because we want to talk about Ring of Honor instead. But we'll hit a couple of listener elites and deletes. If you uh, want to have yours featured on the show, you just got to join the Patreon and get in the Discord. We got a channel for it. Uh, listener elite. Uh, A fairly new patron, Washington, says, Elite, everything that Wardlow did. Hard to disagree.
1: Yeah, Wardlow was great. When there was the wide shot and there was already an opponent in the ring for Wardlow, I thought it was Brian Cage, and I thought they were going to have Wardlow squash Brian Cage. (laughs) (laughs) But it was Cesar Bononi. Um, But yeah, that was great. I thought this was the first time Sean Spears actually like impressed me with his performance when he backed away from Wardlow. Um, Yeah, you know they've they've done what I always wanted them to do with Wardlow and and just Scott Norton's guys, um, and they're doing they're doing Batista x Scott Norton and it's sick.
2: They now have to go get like he's going to have to do this to JD Drake. He's going to have to do this to uh, Bear Bronson. Just like they're they're going up bigger. Like eventually, it's going to be Keith Lee. Like. Do we think he's going to powerbomb Symphony, one of the big guys, in the ladder match? Because it definitely feels that way, but Wardlow, excellent on the show. So,
0: that great elite there, Washington. I'm stealing this for someone who could also be Nate, uh, but he's he's got a powerbomb Symphony, uh, no more BS, Paul White.
1: Ooh. That'd be...
0: I'd like to be see that.
1: Impressive. That would be impressive. It would. Uh, I would be scared while watching <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. Our
0: listener delete uh it's a twofer because we had uh jamie wonders say this and also a newer patron and i'm you know gonna butch the pronunciation here probably a any anybody
1: anything um a okay. i haven't seen it well if i've seen it i've seen it elsewhere
0: okay well i don't know so you know tell me what the right pronunciation is uh delete santana and ortiz getting back with jericho
1: hmm yeah um that that does seem like a little bit of a regression and i guess that kind of was inevitable because they didn't win this battle royale which you know we kind of knew they weren't going to um but you know jericho has pretty much turned heel now against eddie kingston so at least is some kind of forward momentum if Santana Ortiz is going fully heel now. You know, it's not it's not actual elevation, but at least it's, I guess, like momentum to have them doing something.
2: I think that it... I don't know if I completely buy that they are back with him. They, they kind of like begrudgingly went like there and it was like, oh, well, we don't want to completely stir up shit again before this match because... They're still listed as being in Eddie's corner at Revolution. So maybe they're adding some will they want, they, I guess.
0: Yeah, it could also just be a swerve and they, like, help Eddie win the match and they're just trying to make Jericho think he doesn't have anything to worry about or whatever. So we'll see. Uh, But let's go ahead and run down the rest of Dynamite from this week. Uh, Of course, after Tony Khan announced that he bought Ring of Honor, he, you know falsely claimed he was going to rerun the main event from the first ring of honor show. Uh, And then the coward Tony Khan put on Brian Danielson (laughs) versus Christopher Daniels. I just realized that in my notes, I wrote Brian Danielson versus Loki (laughs) because I was just wishing and hoping, I suppose. Uh, Of course, the main event of the first ring of honor show was a three way with Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels and Loki, Loki nowhere to be found on this show. Uh, Danielson won by elbow strikes to the head while he had uh, Christopher Daniels in a triangle choke. Uh, yeah, so we can talk about the match first, and then we can talk about the post.
1: I'm imagining uh, Tony Khan getting on the mic and going, Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels, but you know, in his, his yelling voice, versus Christopher Daniels versus Loki, but this time in a cracker barrel clash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this time, Loki can't wear the. Fuck! What's the what's the game Hitman. called? Hit, Hitman. The Hitman. Gear. Isn't there like the story of him in Japan and like hiding so he can come out in his Hitman gear? Well Yeah,
2: that's the story. Was that he was told no at the Tokyo Domini head and wore it, and then he claims that's when he got fired instead of his not, contract. I think up.
1: there was a later thing about him not going. I, there was some there was some drama with him on a bus and not doing a show or something that i think was also attributed to him being fired but the apocryphal story is that yes his, his hitman gear basically got him
0: i i was you know discussing this in the discord and i just want to be clear about this this is not a bit i genuinely loki is maybe my favorite wrestler of all time certainly in my top 3 i just love him i think he's great i would love to see him in AEW
1: yeah i mean he's awesome you know, they, they'd have to also buy MLW and have Court Bauer be his whisperer if they were going to use him <laughs> with any kind of regularity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we all get the appeal of Loki for sure.
2: I mean, I think that you need to leave Court Bauer at the, at the wayside. We need a pure adulterated Loki. Like I, I, I need Loki like yelling at Danhausen backstage, you know. <laughs> like if we're going to get Loki, I want the full Loki experience. I want him to have like a match against, I don't know, uh, Billy Gunn, and then he gives like his full like book report going, Billy Gunn, I respect you. You, <laughs> you had a long tenure in WWF. Like that's why I want out of Loki if he was there. But yeah, the this Daniels match, like Daniel's first match since the. Uh, Since the eye match where he lost, uh, where SU had it broke up, Daniels looked good here. I like the idea of him like thinking he was in the advantage, going for the best moonsault ever, and immediately getting tapped out. I thought that that was a pretty sick finish.
1: Is his eye thing real? I don't know. Me Uh, neither.
2: Yeah, Uh, uh, this is a weird eye promotion now.
1: Yes, I mean he has every time he's been like on BTE, or I think even you know he was doing uh like new japan strong dates he was at defy and stuff he had the fully like red eye and i assumed it was a contact um that he was just wearing to like sell it and do like a new spooky fallen angel aspect or whatever uh but i also was like no oh, did did he really have like permanent bleeding or something back there and now his uh cornea is <laughs> flooded or something aaron any thoughts are you a, you're a doctor right uh, I am,
0: yes. Do you have a doctorate? Uh, no, I don't have any thoughts whatsoever. I I, I mean, I'm just going to out myself as not even being aware that this was going on.
1: <laughs> so, it, it did seem like a good match, but I was, you know, looking at Twitter and, and texting Oh, no, around, I, I mean the I thing. It. I had. Oh, I didn't okay. know that was going on. So I, I, I had a hard time paying attention to the match for sure. It seemed good. I was thinking about, so we were
0: talking about low-key, so, which made me think about uh that he doesn't like to lose to people which made me think about eddie guerrero and isn't it isn't the story that he originally refused to lose to super crazy on the first ring of honor and then they told him he got paid more if he lost and so he agreed to lose
1: i hadn't heard that but uh (laughs) you know that's that's just good workmanship right there (laughs) you're
0: goddamn right it is so i was just thinking tony could simply Tell key that he makes more money. Just write his contract that way, that he makes more for clean clean pinfalls. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently,
2: I pulled up Christopher Daniels' Instagram account, and this is a uh, post from December 23rd of last year, saying, so ever since my last match, the hemorrhage in my eye hasn't healed, prompting a lot of startled glances and what the holy crap happened to your eye to folks I see. And it got to the point where I was wearing dark sunglasses and doors like Corey Hart in 2021. But he has like a special. He got a special like contact made so that he could be inside and not have the hemorrhage. So his eye never healed. It seems. Jeez. Yeah, he still has that hemorrhage here. Yeah, because the defy he has it. Yeah, so I guess he had just now has a red eye from now on. That's kind of sick, but probably really annoying. Yeah.
1: All from that Young Bucks match. If anybody knows if anybody knows
0: that I didn't make up that ring of honor story, please tell me because I can't find anything about it on the internet, but I'm, I swear to God, I heard that. It's
1: it's a wrestling story. If you remember it, then it's true. (laughs) That's exactly right.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, the match, it was frankly hard to pay attention to because everything was swirling about the ring of honor thing. Um, so yeah, after the match, Brian Danielson says in Ring of Honor, we started ended matches with a handshake, goes over, grabs Christopher Daniels' hand, says, I'm not in Ring of Honor. I'm in AEW and it's time to kick somebody's head in. He does so. He says he's going to kick Mox's head in at Revolution. Mox comes out. He says he can see that Danielson is better and more violent than ever, but he's got it wrong because Mox is at a crossroads. He can go down the path where he gets his head kicked in at Revolution. Uh, but instead, he's going to go down a different path. And that path is where he beats Brian Danielson at Revolution. Uh, offers Brian to take a shot at him. Danielson faints as if he's going to, but bails.
1: Yeah, good bit with the coat of honor and then stomping on Daniels. That was cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, like I said, you know, just a cool thing to have a wrestling promotion that, like, appreciates contemporary wrestling history to the degree where they book this match and make it, like, a special thing. Uh, But then, you know, didn't do it just for the sake of nostalgia. It, you know, had Brian Danielson being a vicious heel and built right into this big match with Danielson and Moxley. So this was uh, a a very strong start to the show.
0: We had Sting and Darby backstage. Uh, Sting says there's going to be fines and suspensions if anyone gets involved in the match on Rampage. Uh, Darby, not worried about this. He says he didn't need help when he won the TNT title the first time. He's not going to need it now.
2: That's a fun Rampage match. They put together themselves a fun little card, getting everything together for uh revolution. I was kind of expecting it to kind of be a little bit like this one, where this one really was like, we're going to hit the notes and fill up time here. Like Rampage looks like a sick card. And I thought Darby had a good promo here.
0: Then we went into the casino tag team Royale. Uh, The Young Bucks won. Nick Jackson eliminated the returning Darius Martin last And then after the match, Red Dragon came out to celebrate with the Bucks. Jurassic Express came out. Hey, folks, that's the match on Revolution.
1: Yeah, um, good to see Top Flight back, good to see Darius back. And and he had a strong finish of this match where it was him against both Young Bucks and got to pull out some of his spots and looked great. And the crowd was super behind him. Like this was one of the most heated wrestling moments of the night Uh, was really where the crowd desperately wanted Darius Martin to win this. Uh, and were dying every time it looked like the bucks were about to eliminate them um you know kind of a tough ask to do two tag team battle royales in back to back weeks you kind of take away from what's special about battle royales when you do that um but battle royales are still pretty fun like i I think there's probably a part of every wrestling fan that remembers when they were a kid and was like you get everybody in there at the same time and they're all punching each other at the same time that's so cool and they've been generally pretty good about booking battle royales and uh you know having lots of stories interline intersecting and uh you know different guys squaring off and and putting little story elements throughout the match so yeah this was a little long went through i think two commercial breaks and you had uh you know like the the lower totem pole teams entering during those breaks um but the finish was super hot um so i guess it was successful in that regard i will say this was one of the times when uh, the, uh, the direction has let them down uh, on dynamite recently I think there was a lot of stuff that was just out of frame or, or you know being cut to a moment later or whatever or they were shooting the wrong guy during this uh, and they've I think gotten away from a lot of those little missteps since they got the new director but this was one time where it jumped out of me I did not care for this Battle Royal at all.
2: <laughs> I thought it went on forever. I did remark in my notes hey, they ate up a whole hour for Christopher Daniels' match and endless Battle Royal, but the finishing stretch was really good. Like the crowd really got behind Darius. Uh, Max Caster, Strong Rap Live. I thought that that was a big one. And then, yeah, it was like a whole lot of guys, the Gun Club coming out, and everyone going, like, oh, fucking hell. And they immediately get eliminated. That got a. A big pop, and I enjoyed that, but I just really wanted them to kind of swerve and have the uh have red dragon costs the young bucks the match and then have like a fresh match up there, like we know that they're eventually going to be doing this, and I feel like that that would be something you know a nice like uh curveball here would have been cool,
0: yeah, I agree that was it for me it was you kind of knew where this was going, so it was hard to get uh too excited about it, and a little weird because. The revolution card is stacked. Like you don't I mean, I guess they're getting away with it because they're not doing Red Dragon versus Young Bucks in a straight up two on two match, which they probably view as a big match. But there's like a ton of huge matches on this card. So there's you could get away with putting some other team in this, uh in this three-way tag match and it'd be fine. But this is what they're doing. So I'm sure it'll be a great match. Like it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be exciting. It's just not necessarily what I want to see.
1: On the production, they also, I think, swapped the hard cam side again for Daly's Place. There were Daly's Place shows where they were shooting the stage and those fans were opposite the hard cam. And this time they turned it back to the way it was at the first fight for the Fallen show, um, which I just thought was interesting. I, uh, there were definitely some guys that were still like Hangman, still did his taunt to the to the audience rather than the hard cam. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he realized they, they swapped the camera side this time.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you also like think about all the time in Daily's Place where they had the whole setup on the stage where the fans were. So there probably was some muscle memory there. I didn't notice that, but, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was kind of, I like them kind of shooting where you can see the ramp and I made sense for the Battle Royal. But I kind of like also that, like, the idea of, like, seeing more crowd in there. And it's kind of hard with that hard cam setup.
0: The real question is, where was the hard cam in the South Park episode with the Coliseum? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it was really high. Mm. I think it was like way back in the, in the top level of the amphitheater. Okay.
0: Chris Jericho is backstage. Looking great, Chris. Just the face is just, it's at its best level in years, frankly.
1: <sighs> Patrick Cosmo's tweet. Do you see that? Chris Jericho is dressed like a Pinewood Derby car. <laughs> <laughs> that killed me.
0: <laughs> uh, Jericho says Eddie probably doesn't know what a <laughs> promo is, which I thought was funny. You uh, We'll throw back to Eddie's comment last week about baby faces. Uh, but he's glad Eddie's finally becoming a big star like he always knew he would. Now he's got his chance to on Sunday to win the big one. He basically just did all his things he's been trying to get over, like in one, uh, in one sentence. And then, as we talked about a little bit earlier, Santana and Ortiz came up and gave Jericho... A reluctant fist bump, I think we could say. Then we had one uh, Chad Michael Punk in the ring. And he says he used to wonder if he was the bad guy. Uh, he thought MJF was the bad guy in this story until last week. So it took a lot of courage for MJF to do what he did. Uh, but he thinks he's being gaslit. He's being gaslit, you, folks.
1: You can see... Twitter's influence on CM Punk in this promo (laughs) between between Gaslit and also you know like you said the the thread was like oh am I am I the bad guy in this which is whatever meme that is from the British comedy show which I'm sure is bad are we the baddies thing so you know he didn't he took a note from Eddie last week he's like am I the heel no I'm going to do the Twitter meme am I the bad guy and uh, he said you know
0: hey there's a famous picture of me as a kid with Steve Austin And when Steve Austin allegedly took his ball and went home, I didn't get mad. Uh, So he says, you know, I'm not responsible for who MJF is. He lists a bunch of bad things MJF has done. MJF comes out and he says, kid, uh, all that hate is going to burn you up. Offers to shake hands with him. MJF goes for a hug, gives Punk a low blow. You know, they they attack. There's a lot of blood. He puts a dog collar around him, hangs his ass. Uh, Sting Darby and Sammy make the save.
1: Yeah, this was pretty great. Uh, I know Aaron's upset to hear that. Um the the punk promo, you know, you had to you had to buy into it, you know, you had to to be invested in this guy uh and give him the chance to get this story over. I like that they did a very long unbroken shot with no cuts for like the first 5 minutes of punk talking here where he was talking about you know his own self-doubt or whatever you know am i the bad guy in this and you know am i doing the wrong thing or whatever it is but with this whole segment he really uh brought that mjf promo from last week into continuity into a logical way uh, and he also did i think a good job justifying why he would uh give mjf you know the time of day here and and try to uh engage with him as a, a person that he could redeem or or save or help or something in some way because for you know he laid out all the terrible things that mjf has done i like all the continuity there hey remember when he did this awful thing to d malenko etc um and you know kind of make the case why would i ever believe this guy why wouldn't i just know that he's out to fuck me over um why would i believe what he said about uh his hard time growing up etc uh but then MJF comes out and he explains why he was still doing it. Cause here's the terrible things that I've done because I was filled with that same hate that you were. And I was motivated by that same spite and pettiness that motivated you. And I poured a dead guy's ashes all over myself. Uh, so that all computed in a nice way had great continuity to sort of tie these two guys stories together. Um, and then it, it you know, you got the, the awesome bloodbath, uh, you know, not, by any means a shocking <laughs> uh, turn from MJF here. He did exactly uh, what the logical thing for his character to do has, but now we have some kind of actual character from MJF. He's not just a caricature of a heel where he's just going to do whatever's going to get heat at any given moment. He's not, he's not bully Ray the busted open uh, personality as a TV wrestling character. He's actually a guy who's motivated, uh, by uh you know his situation growing up uh and facing anti-semitic bullying and wanting to be a pro wrestling star and and not having to go to or breaking out of school to do that uh and then being betrayed by this guy he thought was his idol because he sees in cm punk everything that he now is um so we actually have a deeper motivation for mjf's uh heelish ways now which is great uh and you get the the uh, the the big protagonist energy from CM Punk where he wants to believe the best of people he wants to you know try and be a better person i mean that was a little corny where it's like i'm trying to be a good guy that was that was a little cheesy um but you know he's he's the babyface he wants to be the the good guy here uh and as a result you know the snake gets one over on him uh i know AT went wild cuz uh MJF apparently referenced CM Punk's dialogue from Ring of Honor when CM Punk turned heel, so that's just another great bit of continuity there. Uh, and the blood, the blood all over CM Punk was crazy. It was a crazy amount of blood. Both those guys in all white and got the blood all over the place. I, I think maybe if I have uh, a big complaint about this, other than the cheesiness of Punk going, I'm, I'm just going to be a good guy. Uh, it, I don't. They, I think they could have milked it more. I don't know. One thing that WWE was good at was if they did like a big, vicious attack angle, you know, the the kind where the commentators are using their hushed tones of voice to put over what a dastardly attack was, they would sit on that and let it marinate for, you know, three minutes after all the violence stopped and you just had the people like lying in the wreckage or whatever and recovering and and really selling the stunned silence from the crowd or whatever it is. Uh, And this is just kind of another victim of AEW just having to cram so much into their shows where it's just like, Nope, we got to go on to the next segment here. Um, But yeah, you know, as a, as a bloody attack to tie together last week's promo with the big dollar collar dog collar match on the pay-per-view, I think it was pretty much perfect. Otherwise,
2: I am going to walk the middle path because I think both of you made points about this. I, and I know Aaron's going to probably light this promo up and, whenever I'm finished speaking here, Uh, I do think punk kind of punk in a lot of ways is, has come off, not necessarily like he's cheesy. He comes across as someone who really has, it feels like the seven years he hasn't been wrestling. He spent it on Twitter and in discourse in a way, and it's rubbed off in a way that it has. I, I still think he is one of the best promos of, the generation maybe all time but i also feel like that his promos since coming back other than the i'm back promo have not really hit the same breadth that they did before because of how he spent the last few years which i mean it has been him you know talking about getting better and all of that so that's fine yeah Uh,
1: i I, i think one of our complaints i think since he's been here is oh you know he's doing too much snl host stuff or whatever being like the the good baby face voice of the company, dude. And I think this is exactly like the kind of angle we need where that bites him in the ass and me trying to be the, the mature, you know, old punk who's, uh, you know, kind of mellowed and is trying to do better or whatever that bites him in the ass. And now we get, you know, the, the bitter, angry, uh, anti-hero punk that made him a star in the first place. I think that's, uh, another good effect of this
2: yeah and, and it does kind of make you want to see some of that eddie and punk stuff that we gotta see in that one angle where he did tap into that uh mjf i i, I think i it say it's true to his character like you're talking about nate about like he his idol tree of sam punk to the foe that like his sam punk's big line about i'm the snake he says it line to line back to him uh the blood was sick Punk got himself a, he he had a spigot that looked good. As soon as I saw there in white, we know, everyone knows there's be blood and that all looked pretty good. I I did like the fact that Wardlow was in the back, just kind of standing back during this whole entire segment going like, all right, I'm not having any of that. But uh, yeah, it's something where I don't usually watch Countdown like what they put on like on friday night saturday's blowing up the show but i think i'm going to at least try to see the cm punk mjf thing because i'm interested to see how they edit it all together because i do feel like that's it's going to be the case of they've done about two hours worth of promos between each other and you could probably get a good eight eight minute uh segment there that i probably would feel like is a lot more digestible than what we sat through over the last two and a half
0: months I was going to say that Punk, my first joke I wanted to make was that Punk is like the guy you knew in college who was like, you know, a real radical. And then you run into him eight years later and he's like an MSNBC liberal now, you know, and you're like, what the fuck happened to this guy? But I guess the real thing is more like he was like, you know, your party buddy in college and now he's like, uh, he went to AA and now he's like religious. He's like Shawn Michaels, basically, you know, (laughs) he like comes back, but now he's found God. So uh, what he's talking about is a little less exciting. Um, I, what you're saying, Nate, I buy, like I buy that as a, a story that makes sense without a doubt. The problem for me is I'm no more interested in seeing these two wrestle than I was when they came out for the first segment between them. So I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm not saying it's not a a story that has been told. They certainly have told a story. I just, if the point of wrestling is to get me to buy a ticket to sit in the crowd or get me to, you know, pay for the pay-per-view to watch these two wrestle, it has failed on that level. For me personally, I appreciate that I am on a fucking island on this. (laughs) Like, everybody
1: loves this feud. even, Even AT sold you out tonight.
0: AT sold me out. I think it's just me and fucking TJ Hawk at this point, which is never a place you want to be alone on an island with TJ Hawk. You just, you don't want to be, but it's where I am. What can I say? So I think it's just, I've thought about it a lot because I, I don't, people probably think this isn't true, but I don't like it when I'm all on an island on an opinion because I'm like, well, what the fuck am I missing? Like what? Well, I'm either like, what the fuck am I missing? Or what is wrong with you people? And that like really drives me a little crazy. But I just think MJF so much doesn't read to me as a real person that it's just impossible for me to get invested on that level in a in a story with him. Now it's funny because you see the thing with Wardlow backstage later in the show and it's very easy to think, "Oh hell yeah, I would love to see Wardlow beat the shit out of this guy." Uh my friend Rob texts, you know, that exact thing like, "Oh, can't wait for him to beat him up and i'm thinking about it i'm like yeah you're fucking right i am excited to see wardlow beat up mjf but that has not crossed over for me in this punk feud so look if it works it works uh you know i if things are over they're over and that's good i do think the the data seems to show that people turn the tv show off when uh, this thing is happening but people seem to like it so god bless you uh i just don't think it's very good that's all so i wonder maybe i started the middle path mike how about that
2: <laughs> okay okay I, I i was gonna actually ask yeah now, a, if,
1: that, so if that's the low path from a b then you have to come up toward my my point a little bit more now yeah, mike it's gonna be on the middle
0: when i yeah, go low uh, mike goes high no, no, no I go, go right. I go right in the middle, middle.
2: <laughs> right in a nice cruising altitude. Uh, I, I I'm not going to bother with that. I had a legitimate question, Aaron. So, I I think it's fair to say that since CM Punk has returned, that out of the three of us, you have been the lowest. Am Am I? Is that a fair statement
0: to say? Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, but there was a lot that that whole run. After the Darby match, which I didn't really like, but that whole run of singles matches that he had with like Hobbs and like the younger guys, I really liked those matches. And then that, as I recall, and I have a very bad brain, but I think that led into the Eddie stuff. And so there was a run there where I thought he was on top of the world. Like I thought he was doing very good stuff week in, week out. But yeah, overall, it's been okay for me.
2: But it seems like that... The tentpole stuff, with the exception of Eddie, which I think we can all acknowledge that was like seeing old punk in a lot of ways. You are resistant to Saturday Night Live host CM Punk.
1: Um, you did I, like the the sitting dog collar promo from two weeks ago. That
0: was great. That was excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but that gets at what Mike's saying, right? Because that promo was more of a pissed off, like, I'm coming at you punk promo, uh, which... I just am expecting that guy to talk me into matches. That's just what he's always done, and, and he hasn't done
1: that very much uh, in this AEW run. Here's my question is, um, did this this angle tonight actually make you less, less interested in the match uh, because you're a huge blood pervert, and now you already got the blood that the match was promising you?
0: I mean... It did, because when they announced the dog collar match, I was like, oh, hell yeah, like, this is going to rock. I was really excited about that. And yeah, I mean, what they're saving for us, of course, is MJF bleeding. So, you know, we didn't get to see that. I'm sure that's what we'll get on the pay-per-view. So uh, that's good, obviously. Um, But yeah, not as excited. But I'll tell you, that fucking, if they just do the Roddy Piper, Greg Valentine dog collar match, that match rocks. So if, just do that
1: there, yeah there's, a shot, there's for a shot i'd say you know better than than 40 percent chance that cm punk is just like we're just going to do this exact match down move to move they're they're at least going to quote two or three spots from it
0: well they yeah he, here's the, if you've never seen the match which go watch it it's not very long uh but if you've never seen the match the way the the tip to you will be if well, i guess it would have to be uh I guess it'd have to be Punk. If if Punk gets an ear injury in the match, then you know they're just doing Piper and Valentine. So uh, there you go. But yeah, whatever. I'm not going to go on and on about it because uh, people have, everybody's made up their mind. Uh, but, will I they say, have, yeah, but will <laughs> they have Greg bad.
2: Valentine in
1: the crowd this time? Oh, oh yeah. I fucking hope so.
0: That'd be cool. Uh, just, you know. Give me low key versus MJF. That's and all they cut
1: to Greg Valentine throughout the match and he's just not moving it at all. Calling a no, no reaction from him whatsoever. Yeah, that would rock. Uh,
0: Keith Lee is backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs interrupt Keith, not happy about their interruption. Starks, who I think was like on stilts or somehow lifted here because he was almost the exact same size as Hobbs and Keith Lee. Uh, he says, if Keith Lee shows up to Rampage, he may not make it to Revolution. And Keith Lee says, uh, indubitably, I shall arrive on the Rampage.
1: <laughs> this was i mean, this was basically the same thing they did last week to the point where I thought, Oh, they huh? just shot...
0: A Team Taz angle that they just do week after <laughs> week? You're kidding me.
1: I was like, oh, they just shot these at the same time. They had, they had Keith Lee change his shirt, and then they just shot these one after the other. Uh, but I guess see, they are in town because they're going to be on a Rampage, right? So I guess they probably didn't pre-tape it. But, yeah, you know, it was it was solid. Uh, no complaints. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then we had Britt Baker and
0: Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, and Thunder Rosa pinned Britt with the Fire Thunder driver.
1: Uh, I was really Britt. I don't know if her gear gets shinier and more sparkly every t- every time, uh, but I was struck by how sparkly her gear is when she came out here. I mean, you know, she's always had a major league look uh, and has been presented in this company as a star for a long time. Uh, but I just, oh, man, that's like a that's like what a pro wrestler should look like—is like shining under the bright lights. Um, I think Rovert made a made a tweet that was like Thunder Rosa doesn't feel like a big. Capstone Challenger for Brit. She feels like you know another Challenger of the month, and that's kind of where I am on this. I, I think we discussed it last week, also that it just doesn't have the same fuel that their feud going into the Lights Out match did right now. And I think it's just because they backburnered Thunder Rosa for so long and and backburnered the feud for so long. Um, and I know they did. You know they made references to Brit still not wanting to fight Thunder Rosa during that time or whatever. So it's not like they didn't make an effort, I don't think, but it just doesn't, does not feel like a big, uh, you know, major challenge for Brit in this moment. Now, Thunder Rosa won here. I don't know if that means, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to flip the belt because Thunder Rose is not hot enough. I, you know, they still might just flip it because they think that's, uh, the next thing to happen for Brit, but yeah, I don't know. doesn't feel super hot, uh, like all these women. You know, it was, it was solid.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that Mercedes here, I, I liked Mercedes in this match more than I have anything else, really, in this storyline. But I, I think he hit all the other big notes I had there, Nate.
0: Yeah, it's sad because on one hand, I think, like, eh, I don't even know if it's that fun for Thunder Rosa to win at this point. But who is the hot, who is the hot Person in the women's division to dethrone Brit.
1: The next person they sign.
0: Right. That's yeah. the yeah. only way they're able to build like to make people hot in the women's division is to Good bring in someone for new. You.
1: That means uh Belt is on Tony Storm's future, Aaron.
0: Hell yeah, let's fucking go.
2: Or Jade. I mean, honestly, Jade is more hot than anyone else in the division, Britt included.
1: Yeah, you
0: know? just just uh unify the titles <laughs> let's just end this charade now <laughs> uh,
1: it's going wwe mode they should
0: and go to tag titles like we've been saying you know do a, a tag oh,
1: division for the ring women. of honor doesn't have women's tag team titles do they they should have the women the ring of I, I honor women's know. champ uh i guess that's diana perrazzo um should have her come in and just be like hey Britt! now our two titles together are tag team titles." And then the TBS <laughs> title can be the top singles women's ch- championship. Yeah, that, that works for me. And hey, Brit and Deanna, they, they are probably friendly or whatever. They all—they make a lot of tweets about wanting to wrestle each other or whatever. Sure. Solved it. Solved the division in That's five right. seconds. Ty Conti and Anna
0: Jay are backstage with Alex Marvez, uh, who's asking her a question about her uh, martial arts background and jade cargo interrupts to say nobody gives a damn about that karate shit which was i don't know probably the line of the year love jade yeah this rocked um chris statlander and layla hirsch got a pre-tape stat basically says hey uh you know i beat you stop blaming me for your failures and Layla says that Chris was mean when she said that thing about her parents being right to give her up for adoption, which is kind of fucked up, frankly.
1: Yeah, was fucked up. Is still fucked up. Um, now they have like the Russia thing to contend with with Layla, which doesn't really help them. Uh, I did Layla saying, why am I doing this? Why am I talking to a camera that amused me? I liked that. That was a little more character from her, I think. Um but hey, you know this—they—they they went to an effort. We cannot deny they went to an effort to make an additional women's feud here, to build to a match on the pay-per-view pre-show. Uh, so now I think there are three women's matches on that card. Uh, so we cannot deny there was an effort made. I don't, especially, uh, you know, care about this storyline, um, but there was an effort made.
2: Yeah, and they are having this match at Revolution as part of the buy-in. So, you know, like, you know how they would do, like, these promos back and forth, and it felt like forever before we had Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. It does feel like that they're keeping it timely with the storyline, and they're going to get some time on the pay-per-view pre-show. So that's pretty good.
0: I thought it was a good little video. I thought they were both pretty strong in the video. I kind of think a lot of these are just meh. You know, they're kind of just put together, uh, but I thought they both did well for themselves, especially Layla I
1: thought she was really good. I will say, you know, there was a lot to do about that line in the original Chris Dallander promo promo. Um, and they like seized on it here. They didn't like shy away from it. They're like, hey here's the thing in this feud that has some juice and has some people talking right like here here's something out of this pro wrestling feud that has that dmx feeling and they go okay so now this video package is gonna be all about that crazy thing the baby face said uh so that's you know uh, that gives it something it's more than nothing yeah and you could buy
0: why layla was was mad about it of course as you pointed out it's kind of a weird dynamic here <laughs> to uh, what's gone on but you know you take what what happened and uh, you work with it uh we talked about Wardlow beating Cesar Bononi with the powerbomb symphony afterwards uh Sean Spears went for a chair shot on the fallen Cesar but Wardlow grabbed the chair they faced off and Spears bailed
1: this was sick Sorry, yeah, Nate and I sure.
2: were eyeing each other down trying to decide who was going to... We we're, yeah, were playing
1: chicken. I was determined not to talk, so I'm glad you <laughs> jumped in.
2: <laughs> but you ended up talking, so...
1: Yeah, but uh, I, I only after. I waited for you to talk, and then I interrupted you. There you go.
0: Very AEW of you.
1: Uh, yeah, this was the first time where I was like, oh, Sean Spears brought something distinct to this. Like him, him selling for Warlow. Like, oh, first he, you know... Uh, squares up with him and tries to jut his chest out uh and then Wardlow's like uh no and then sean spears like breaking eye contact with him and looking away that was good and he took off his shitty little hat uh, yeah you his, like that? His, his hair looks fine like he's got fine pro wrestling hair i don't know why he does the hat
0: uh nate talked about sean spears shitty little hat on a uh, world tour this past week so
1: yeah don't don't get the hat doesn't Ma- it's not major league. It's the opposite of Britt Baker's gear. It's minor league hat. Uh, and you've already got like a pro wrestling hairstyle. So I don't know why he doesn't just do that or at least have a weirder hat.
2: I mean, he needs to have like the slinky version of that hat. Like I do like it needs to like, have some length to it. If you're going to have those kinds of, of beanies or toques.
1: I would like, uh, I would like our listeners. I like our patrons in the discord to pitch improved hats for Sean Spears um, I I bet Patrick Cosmos is gonna have some on deck. I feel confident about that. Just better hats for the accountability buddy, quote unquote, Sean Spears, than this little beanie he wear he wears. Um, I also would like people to pitch, and Chelsea's gonna be good at this. Uh licensed music for the eight minute MJF vs punk p- pay-per-view package that we're gonna get. My way. Um that's uh I mean <laughs> You can't do my way for everyone, Aaron. <laughs> I don't see why not. But I think uh, we could get some good choices there. Uh like crack like it, Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um crack but, yeah.
2: was the uh one that they did for the third uh match between Rock oh. and Uncle.
0: Hey buddy, pl- with this with this air of CM Punk, they could just use dad vibes.
1: I mean that I would pop big for that. <laughs> the the placebo cover of running up that hill. Uh Yeah, pitch those also.
0: Uh, Here's my hat pitch. It's uh, Nardwar's hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good hat. (laughs) That'd be good. That's what I'd like to see. Sean Spears. What
1: if you wore, wore, remember, uh, Pharrell's big hat?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Remember
1: Pharrell's big hat. You should have the big Pharrell hat.
0: I I love the thing about Pharrell where he had the, the flame tattoos. You know, on his arms. Oh, yeah. Does he not have those tattoos anymore? No, he claims he got a skin graft to, <laughs> to cover them. And That's... When, I, when asked why, he said, I'm a grown-ass man. I can't have flames on my arms. <laughs> wow, heavy shot
1: at every wrestler.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And people who buy at Spencer's Gifts today. You
1: know? <laughs> I didn't notice uh, the flame tattoos any of the two times that I shuck, shook Pharrell's hand. Well, wow! So it's post skin graft. Whoa! There's a, name drop. there's a there's two name drops. It's the
0: same name though. Wow! <laughs> uh, there was a House of Black pre tape. It was the same, except Buddy Matthews was in it this time. Oh, I kind of liked it. Huh? I mean, yeah. it's like That's not fun. my
1: it's not my shit at all. Like it's this is so far away from my shit. Like, you know, the the metal and the spooky horror stuff is like so the antithesis of what I like. Um, like they should have a K-pop gimmick. Uh, but it was produced and I think kind of delivered pretty effectively for what they were going for. You know, the house always wins. That's a cute little thing for AEW cause it's got the whole casino theme going on. So that lands, uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cute.
2: Nate, which color would you give each member of the house of black? And well, a okay. Uh,
1: Malachi black is easy because he's again, the protagonist. So he's red right um brody king would be blue and buddy murph matthews which one is his wwe name Buddy
2: um murphy was his wwe matthews is his new one yeah buddy
1: matthews um would be yellow orange or green any one of those you see i saw him as an orange you know yeah i think i think orange is probably truest to him but that's the split for sure uh,
0: we had Wardlow and Spears backstage. MJF came in. He says, "If Wardlow wins the face of the ladder, face of the ladder match that's what I wrote. The face of the revolution ladder match, and the TNT title, MJF is going to let him keep it." And then he says, "It's not like you're going to win anyway." Wardlow uh, protests, "This is because I'm always too busy helping you win." MJF slaps him and does the thing about how Wardlow works for him.
1: I mean, great slap. Like you said, and you know, this is a, they've been building this, having it simmer for a long time. And. Wardlow's I mean, Wardlow's awesome. (laughs) Wardlow's awesome. This is a. More natural. uh, Is that the right. This, this puts MJF into a kind of simpler archetype that is not just like pro wrestling heel, but it's like, you know, shitty superior guy who, you know, talks down to people or whatever and, and treads all over them or something. Uh, so it is a simpler dynamic, which I think probably appeals to you, Aaron. Um, and it, it, I don't know that slap was like, I don't know. I had a whole bunch of like my own head cannon going in there. Like, Oh, that's the only, you can only give that kind of slap after you've just bathed yourself in somebody else's blood. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, I, I mean, I, between that and the segment earlier, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, MJF is uh, killing it on this show, pretty much.
2: It was AEW's slap, which, you know, it you know, was shocking. I thought, the thing that I really thought was kind of wild about this, was talking about how he still has Wardlow under contract. Tony, you've been dealing with, like, <laughs> a lot of stuff right now. How are you letting this guy, he was registered as a bodyguard, End the ring with your signed wrestlers like i just imagine the insurance liability for this is through yeah. the roof and now he's in a match where he can be getting a title situation he, he, he could run
1: away with the title belt you know i mean he's not a contracted wrestler here that's a huge mega blew it big time on that arrangement you're right i think i saw somebody on twitter say um they should add a, add a detail where mjf is like And if I fire you, you've got a lengthy non-compete, so it's not like you can just go work at AEW, uh, which would be both a you know a neat little bow on this story to make it make a little more sense about why he doesn't just wrestle as an AEW wrestler, but also a nice little shot at WWE while you're at it. So they should add that. I just want to say I didn't miss Nate that
0: you called me simple about two minutes ago. That was (laughs)
1: wow. The uh, the entire time and those those, uh, interceding two minutes, Aaron's video was frozen on my screen. <laughs> so he only came <laughs> back to life when he took umbrage with that. But that was, I attempted for that to be a reference to, I think something you said on maybe the, this is sting show about whatever, what kind of pro wrestling stories you liked. It was meant to be, <laughs> uh, uh, a direct reference to that and not just call you a simple dullard. Nate
0: said, "Now I know why your father left. He
1: pulled the Chris stat line on me, basically. Just wow. Now I okay. That was that was in a DM, and I apologized for that already. So can we <laughs> not bring it up on the air? See,
0: I, Wednesday is my. I would really need to move my therapy to Thursday because I
1: talk to Nate every
0: Wednesday <laughs> night. So I really need to move that a day.
1: <laughs> I was thinking you guys do two shows on Wednesday, which is really. Uh, it's uh, you know." Uh, my, i have my fill of talking about wrestling pretty much by like the 80 percent point of this show <laughs> so i'm amazed that you guys can do it twice in one day
2: Dude, do you know what my week is like this week between this and dragon gate
1: like yeah but i see i dragon gate is like a part of your being so i don't really count that <laughs> i just like that's just like your baseline mike Spear. so that doesn't really count to me
2: oh okay so i am a dragon gate entity right now yeah,
1: i see pretty much
0: uh let's see what's left Speaking of Dragon, Red Dragon.
2: There we go. Great transition
0: there. Wow. Wow. That's right. In the main event uh, with Adam Page and the Beaver Boys, uh, Cole pinned Alex Reynolds with the boom. After the match, Red Dragon and Adam Cole attacked Adam Page. They taped his wrist to the top rope and stood tall.
1: Yeah, I like some stuff in here. Um, There's something about Adam Cole where... You know, he kind of appeals to me, even though he doesn't do most of the things that I find especially appealing. Like his offense isn't super sick looking or he isn't really nailing guys with his forearms or whatever. Um, But I don't know. He just has good instincts or something where he does a counter or something at an interesting time. Like uh, John Silver was doing his big like hot tag sequence on him where he does all of John Silver's cool little kicks uh, and then does like the snap suplex to him. Uh, and Adam Cole just reverses that into the Ushiguroshi or whatever move it is. Uh, and I was, I was just like, Oh, that's why that guy is like a top wrestler because of that little exchange right there. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of fun to me. The post show or the post match angle. I didn't really get what they were going for. They taped page up, uh, on the ropes and then I, my first idea thought was oh they're he's gonna they're gonna kill the dark order guys in front of adam page uh, as like a way to torture him in like a you know corny uh reacher way or something uh but they didn't really make that clear like they didn't take their time and be like hey check this out look what i'm doing to your guy john silver so they didn't really sell that um and they didn't the other thought was oh he's gonna hit him with a chair across the head 60 times like mankind uh they didn't do that either. They just like put the belt on. So I didn't really understand that as like the go home. Um, but uh, it, you know, overall, as a go home show, I thought it was a lot happened, stuff escalated. I thought it was pretty successful for what really looks like a very stacked card on the pay per view. I kind of came away
2: with this like, I I was I know earlier I was like, this is the first time I think that Paige's title really like there is like a realistic like argument be made that you know page should lose the title and this match really made me think that i'm um, cold should win the title on Saturday. like
1: oh, no way hard disagree uh, page feels really cold like the crowd no page is the best champion in wrestling easy did you see the tweet he did to kane i mean you can tweet there were there were tens of thousands of that's my champion replies that's not wrestling that's just twitter Twitter is wrestling for sure. I mean,
2: that's your ethos. I so that's, yeah. I mean, we talked about Twitter shouldn't That's why be for our game
1: of Jackbox we must bomb Twitter headquarters. <laughs> I
2: just like Adam. Parody, H- parody, parody. <laughs> Adam Adam Cole came out, the crowd was with him. Like it was shockingly over. Like each time he comes out there, they love saying baby. They love doing the boom and all of this. And usually when Paige comes out, you get the guitar singer before the theme happens and the crowd pops for that. This was like the quietest that I've heard a crowd go for Hangman Page. And even like when Paige like got the hot tag, which was a really good hot tag, did not seem like the hot tag like response that you expect out of the crowd. Now, this could just be Jacksonville crowd and I'm extrapolating that to what should happen with the pay-per-view of people that mainly flew in for said pay-per-view. I think that yeah, I think that Adam Cole should be the champion. I think that it should happen here.
1: No, hard disagree. Um, I mean, I do. Uh, you know, we talked earlier. I do agree that not the biggest reactions for Adam Page on this show for whatever reason. Um, you know, you didn't get much of a pop when his music hit. Um, but you know, he's their guy. He's been their handpicked guy since the beginning. He's had the three, three. He's had the two best AEW matches of this year. Plus, you know, the first Danielson match, which was practically the best match of last year. Not really, but it was up there. Um, and and you just established if they want to make a top, top, actual, genuine over babyface champion, you just have them beat guys. You have them beat the top guy from the other promotion, and Brian Danielson. You have them beat uh Lance Archer the monster in a in a gimmick match of the monsters choosing uh and now you have him beat the other top guy from the opposite promotion the the promotion that you beat in the war and you have him beat him and, and keep the title you just establish this is our guy he's the best and he beats everybody um and yeah he's also he he comports himself like a great champion uh and is genuinely good on twitter which so few people people are so yeah no, I, uh i mean also uh i was uh Adam Cole has, like, bad tattoos on his arm, I noticed. I wouldn't say bad, uh, but think about Pharrell's flame tattoos. He has, like, kind of uh, generic pro wrestler tattoos that you don't really conceive of Adam Cole just being like that kind of pro wrestler, I guess. I guess because in my mind, he's more like the Chugs than he is, like, a CZW dojo guy now. Um, But, yeah, I think you just have Paige beat him with his move in the middle of the ring. Paige should post a cane nude,
0: first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, yeah, I, I think Paige should be the champion for like two years, basically. Beat everybody you can possibly think of. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't have the best...
1: I think Wardlow should be the guy to beat Paige.
0: I mean, sadly, MJF's probably going to beat Paige. That's probably where this is going. Well, but- that's,
1: that's probably a more natural thing just because MJF's heel and Wardlow is in the process of turning face. Yeah, I and mean, then you can they have, have also, Wardlow beat
0: MJF, obviously.
1: I mean, I, didn't Wardlow beat Paige um, or something? I, I remember Paige has made like a couple of comments about like not wanting to face Wardlow again. So they've planted that seed even. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can do either one of those because obviously MJF and Wardlow becomes a, a program there either way. So
2: He's afraid of Wardlow's meat tits. His muscle tits, sorry.
1: Whoa. That's what he said in his press releases. (laughs) I had to compute that for a minute. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mike's just a meaty man slapping meat guy now, I guess. (laughs) No, no,
2: no, Uh, no. I am quoting from his (laughs) press releases drunkenly sent to an intern at 2 a.m. Right. Adam
0: Page actually beat Wardlow in the world title eliminator tournament.
1: But he did, yeah, he did a comment about not wanting to face him again. So. Yes. Um. I mean, honestly, MJF was, I think, good enough. And uh, apart from Aaron is receiving, you know, such ridiculous praise that I think he's probably reaching a point where he's hot enough that he could be like a uh, 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 legitimate challenger to Adam Page for the belt. And also the match would be good because he, he turns out good matches every time. So I just want a, a lengthy brain for
0: page uh obviously whatever i think mjf is going to be the world champion in this company at some point and probably many times and for long periods of time uh so i'm i'm zen about the whole thing i'm accepting of that but i would like to see page get a long run where you really establish him as the guy for aew all right that was dynamite for this week if you like our show the best way to support it is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite and subscribe it's a it's a new month so it's a great time to subscribe not just because of that we've got a bunch of stuff coming up of course revolution is this weekend uh on world tour this weekend which is our rampage review show mike is going to be joined by case low and they're going to talk about rampage and preview revolution so they'll have that coming up, and then we'll have an instant reaction right after Revolution.
2: Yeah, and I can announce what the next T-break's going to be now. And it'll and it'll be happening over the next few weeks. I'm going to talk about this ROH thing. Because this is, as we were talking the first half hour of the show, there's a lot of angles where this can go, and I find it pretty fascinating. But yeah, Case and I, we're going to do a full preview since we didn't do like a retro and anything like that this, this pay-per-view cycle. So... It'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, for the people who uh, hate me, this is a great <laughs> time to be a fan of the show and the Patreon because uh, I'm going to be on i uh, I'm going to be on assignment for the next two weeks. Uh, so you won't hear from me. I will not be on the Instant Reaction show. I will not be on this show for the next two weeks. You won't hear me on anything because I don't even have anything saved up. I'd intended to, and it just didn't work out that way. So not going to hear from me. Till I get back. Um, we also have the real world champion poll as uh, Nate referenced earlier. Go and vote on that. This is Sting part one. Mike and I did that a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's still getting a lot of good reviews. So make sure you go check it out. And if you join, hop in our Discord. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great month to join our Discord. So uh, I highly recommend it. It's patreon.com slash everything elite. All right, on Rampage this weekend, the show that Mike and Case will be talking about before they preview Revolution. Uh, we got for the TNT title, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen versus Andrave. We've got Keith Lee in action. Uh, is this a, I guess this is, no, this is a live Rampage. Is it a live yeah. Rampage? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, Keith, they didn't have to be there. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe. they
1: could have. I guess he could have not traveled yet, I suppose. Yeah.
0: They'll be in Orlando on Friday. Uh, we got the Serena Deeb five minute challenge, and I guess the final face oh, of he the Revolution lives in Orlando. Exactly, the final face of the Revolution qualifying match: Christian Cage versus Ethan Page. Um, and we don't, you know, know much about Dynamite for next week, but Revolution will be on Sunday. I'm not going to run down the whole card because we're going to do a whole preview of it on uh, the Patreon. I think that makes early,
1: sense. Uh, early results on the real world champion poll show that Matt Cardona single handedly restoring legitimacy to the NWA title.
2: Shockingly ahead, I, I really, as someone who embodies Dragon Gate, I need to put the call out to people. That's right. Kind of disappointing. Uh, the Seedling Beyond the Sea ch- title just makes me happy just looking at the name of it. <laughs> also, the Ice Ribbon Ice Cross Infinity Championship. Great names. Great yeah,
1: Haruka getting less votes so far than she did last month. So we need our uh, ice ribbon stands to stand up.
0: Uh, I'm a, I'm a nomads stand now.
1: So oh yeah, uh, I mean nomads.
0: They got Hakusan. I Sumire? mean, they got,
2: I was, yeah, they got everybody. Sumire Natsu Sumire. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's her. It's her promotion. So do you
1: think so? Uh, um do you think we can get mr hakusan to translate our show and social media into japanese wow this is a great idea we could you know he's freelancing yeah we should we should get in the dms and see right what we can get i would like to have a japanese fandom personally
2: i i feel like you deserve that nate you know thank you
1: thank you mike
2: yeah yeah and i feel like you have a lot to offer as a toronto (laughs) you know it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah will you be willing to do the downtown slap show after this takes off though uh
1: i don't know what that is scared to ask downtown
2: the (laughs) Monzai act they're the ones that did like the quiet library thing but they do it as like a whole like new year's day thing is manzai
1: the 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 two-man comedy teams
2: right right yeah, but the thing is that theirs is the one that they, they have to go do tasks and they all get beat up, but then they have stunts come in and one of the stunts is Masahiro Chono coming in and slapping the shit out of all of them. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're going to get slapped here. I'm saying you would appear on the show presenting this, the stunt as Nate
1: okay. I I think I could take most slaps. I mean, I I don't. I I smell a Patreon tier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Patreon tier is get make Nate into a Japanese light entertainment
1: icon. Right? Yes. That is the goal now, as of two thirty thirty seconds ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm in. Let's talk to Hakusan about what uh, what we can put together. Uh, we got. We'll throw some Patreon money at at Mister Hakusan.
1: Yeah, we make uh, Make it some stickers too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Since, since our, our stickers
2: are involved, I'm, I'm all in now.
1: Since our old stickers became... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we rendered those obsolete a little too quickly. In like a week, yeah. So.
2: I mean... Sorry about that. G- give me some credit. Hey,
1: collector's items. Collector's yeah, items now. That's right.
0: I, I still have a, a shit ton of these stickers. Live. Me too, man. <laughs> me too. They're, I see them in my office every day of my life. <laughs> all right, well, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at AEW. I'm at Aaron. Like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji Heya. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating and review. Subscribe to Patreon.com/slash Everything Elite. Um, uh, fuck you to my haters. I will miss you all <laughs> for the next two weeks. I uh, love you very much. Um, I'm going to Egypt, so that's where I'll be for two weeks. So I'll be back at some point, and uh, I'll tell you about it, maybe. <laughs>
1: Unless he falls down the pyramid, then he will not be I could fall down the back.
0: pyramid. My my mother today told me that one of her concerns is that I'm going to become radicalized and <laughs> and uh, you know become a jihadi.
1: I suppose
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so crazy. <laughs> my mom's insane. Uh, she's very
0: worried about me going on this trip very worried about it like i was <laughs> i was bitching to her today that like oh uh, you know you have to have a covid test a negative test within 24 hours of your flight to like l- right.
1: leave the country yeah
0: so i'm That's like right.
1: rose had to miss paris fashion week
0: right so i'm terrified that you know me or Sarah is gonna pop for covid and then uh we don't get to go and my mom basically straight up said that she hopes one of us has covid so we cannot go to <laughs> egypt <laughs>
2: Because she's so <laughs> she, nervous about it. Because uh, she's nervous they're to become radicalized. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, she, I mean, you know, she's just, uh, she's just an American. This is yeah. what the media teaches you to think.
0: First, she tried to tell me it was very close to the war that's happening in right. the Ukraine. Which, like, I mean, I guess it is relatively close, but there's like two large bodies of water and like
1: fucking turkey in between. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah, well, you know, Putin's going to get mad at NATO and bomb Egypt. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So my mom's very worried. Um, But if something happens to me over there, I think that'd be funny since she's so worried about it. (laughs) I just, if I die over there, that's fine. I just, like, don't want to end up in an Egyptian prison.
1: That's really my, that's my fear. Or, Or the same, you know, basically the same thing as prison. You don't want to get COVID there and then have to quarantine there. Well,
0: I've been told that Egypt largely runs on bribes. So okay. should I pop a positive test before leaving Egypt? I will simply attempt to buy a negative test. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good idea.
0: <laughs> to get out of that country. Uh, not because Parody, parody, parody. Yes. Not because of not having fondness for uh, Egypt. I do. I just simply don't want to spend a quarantine period in a hotel in a foreign country.
1: Uh Just doesn't. Sound a, fun. She must think they have very efficient radicalization procedures. Well, <laughs> I mean, you come, up, you get off the plane, they just they ferry you through like a walk. It's like the the museum of death that Scientology has. Like, yeah, walk right through here. I
0: I think my mother. Obviously, I've had various levels of radical politics throughout my life, and I'm not sure she's able to distinguish that. She's like, Ah, Aaron uh, is into communism. He could quickly become. <laughs> you know, a jihadi. I think mm-hmm. it's just her thought process. She's insane. So she's <laughs> not listening you're, to this.
1: Your fear of radicalization should be more from Camus communist politics than <laughs> a trip to Egypt to see the pyramids.
0: Yes, I've already been radicalized, mother. <laughs> and <I> am, <laughs> I'm not joining uh, for, for jihad today. We'll see about this weekend. So have fun, everyone uh have your own revolution here uh with AW and with uh Mike and Nate on our Patreon all right for Mike for Nate I'm Aaron they will see you next week